What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody's on their way home and or already home from this shortened work week. Uh, Hopefully everybody out there listening has off at least for Thanksgiving. Hope everybody stays safe. Spend some good time with family. Uh, Remember, time is the only thing more valuable than money in this world uh, because we only have a certain amount of time, yet there's not a certain amount of money. So uh, this is the midweek podcast for the All In Man Cave podcast. For all the new listeners out there, I am Cole Haight. I am the host of the All In Man Cave podcast. Uh, We're going to do our usual injuries in fantasy football this week. Obviously, we have three big games going on on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, So I'll give a few picks against the spread as well at the end of the podcast. Uh, If you guys are interested in dabbling on betting on some, some football on Thanksgiving Day. However, we have a new segment this week, uh, in and in or out. Uh, basically, all the teams fighting in the middle of the pack in both the AFC and the NFC. Kind of some of all these teams in the middle, the ones I believe in and which I'm in, or the ones I don't believe in and which I'm out, and kind of the way it would shake up if I'm envisioning it correctly and these teams and how they would be seeded going into Wild Card Weekend, which is the first weekend of the playoffs in the NFL. So uh, good stuff today. Uh, obviously, our fantasy football segment, but we're going to start off with our injury segment uh we got some few concerning injuries this week especially that affect fantasy football you guys know i love uh to give you guys um not only players that impact certain teams whether you guys are fans of those teams or not or you're root against them to be quite honest or uh team players that really will impact your fantasy football league uh or fantasy football team if you do uh, daily fantasy uh on DraftKings or any other platform uh but for yearly yearly fantasy as well week to week so let's kick it off with Justin Fields Justin Fields has bruised ribs he is out for his Thanksgiving Day game against the Detroit Lions obviously always in Detroit if you guys are unfamiliar or have just lived under a rock in terms of NFL uh, games uh, for the forever f- foreverness that I've ever seen of the NFL. The Cowboys and the Lions always play on Thanksgiving, also at home as well. So the Bears will be traveling to Detroit uh, for the first game of the three-game slate uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Um, but he will be out. Justin Fields will not play in this football game. It has already been announced that Andy Dalton will be the starter. Uh, and he'll miss one to two games with these bruised ribs. All depends on how he can breathe uh, and what's going on internally with him. Uh, typically, I went through a few people that had the similar injury uh, in a recent past. Uh, and typically, it's a two-game window that they're out for. Uh, just the recovery process and how they need to be good to go in terms of being on the field and especially at the quarterback position. So do not be surprised if Justin Fields misses this week as well as next week. So uh, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton will be getting a start until Justin Fields can return. Next injured player, C.D. Lamb, really bad concussion, happened on a Sunday. He unfortunately also plays on Thursday. Very hard to come back from a concussion in five days, especially with the uh, extremely intense five-step protocol that the NFL has every year. Uh, Sorry, I guess for every injury. Uh, It seems like safety is going to be the hard push in the NFL, especially the last few years concerning concussions. Uh, This stems from basically a lot of issues with CTE caused by concussions with NFL, former NFL players. Uh, It's going to be a push, and it's really hard to jump through those hurdles and get ready 
in a week uh, from a Sunday game to a Sunday game, going to a Thursday game. He's got to be 100% cleared going into uh, Thursday. So at practice, he's got to be fully good to go, or I do not think he's going to go. Uh, right now, I'm leading towards doubtful if I had to put a, a, a placard on him. Uh, probably doubtful that CeeDee Lamb plays in this game. Huge impact for fantasy football owners as well as the Dallas Cowboys who have been struggling the last few weeks. Next on the list, Elton Jenkins, the starting tackle, the starting left tackle for the Green Bay Packers towards ACL against the Vikings on Sunday. He will be out for the rest of the season. Uh, no reason for me to go any further with that ACL tear. Uh, it's a it's a nine month rehab, it, it and it's for it's a more than a nine month rehab for people that don't aren't exposed to the amount of help and the amount of medical assistance that you get as a professional football player. Uh, but uh, Adrian Peterson recovered from an ACL in like six months. I don't know how he came back and then rushed for two thousand yards. It was unbelievable to watch, but. he's going to be out for the year, and that really hurts the Packers. Uh, With Aaron Rodgers dinged up, who we're going to get to uh, in a a couple players, but Aaron Rodgers is dinged up. They have a lot of injuries on that football team. Unfortunately, a lot of them have been season-ending or have been lingering injuries with Zadarius Smith, Aaron Jones, uh, Jair Alexander. Uh, They have issues at the linebacker position. I feel like I watch their depth chart change weekly with people that they've either activated off the practice squad or picked up in free agency uh, to play the linebacker position. So they've been dinged up at that uh, in that as well. Uh, Considering they're going into this game, the game before the bye playing at home against the Rams, it's a very big game for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, not getting too on my high horse, uh, but the Vikings could make a decent shot at the playoffs if they can go on a big run here and the Packers just shit the bed. I don't expect that. It's the Green Bay Packers and it's Aaron Rodgers, so uh, they should be good to go in terms of running through the rest of the season, assuming that Aaron can stay on the field and and winning the division. So we'll keep an eye on that. They're just going to have to plug and play at this point, kind of late in the season to pick up free agents, especially offensive linemen, very intricate position to play on the football field. So uh, I'm. it's something to keep an eye on, especially – uh, with the pass rush that the Rams have that they're going to be coming at him with this week, as well as the fact that Aaron Jones is not in and A.J. Dillon has looked good in his in his place, uh, but he didn't look good against the Vikings, and they have what what is called a subpar interior lineman. So I we'll just got to keep an eye on on who that player is that replaces uh, Elgin Jenkins and, and move on from it and see if they, uh, they can perform. Next on the list, Chris Carson. Uh, He's been having a lingering neck issue for a few weeks now, and it might honestly be past a few, uh, but he did have surgery. Uh, I believe it was uh, internal. I I remember reading the article, not specific on what happened, but he did have surgery to go in there and try and clean up whatever's going on with his neck. Uh, He will be out for the rest of the season. I mainly put him on here, not like he's really been relevant for the past month or month and a half, uh, especially in fantasy. But if anybody is out there stashing him uh, for just a backup running back for when he would come back, maybe have a little bit of diversity on your bench for your fantasy football team, you can go ahead and unload him. He will be out for the rest of the season. Uh, And they are extremely thin in terms of of skill right now on that football team they have been struggling hard uh, and I made a very hot take on my last podcast saying that there's going to be a huge shakeup in Seattle uh, 
I expect there to be a large shakeup in Seattle, and now Chris Carson might be part of it. Next on the list, Aaron Rodgers. I mentioned it. If anybody listens to the Pat McAfee Show, shout out to the Pat McAfee Show. Uh, One of the main reasons why I decided to start my own podcast is listening to them. John Haber, or John Middlecoff guy, Guy Haberman as well. Uh, The Pick 6 podcast for CBS. Uh, A lot of good sports podcasts to listen to. Obviously, you guys should still listen to this one, but um, I enjoy listening to podcasts as well, uh, which is one of which is basically the main reason why I like wanted to start my own. Uh, And I appreciate appreciate all your guys' support. But Aaron Rodgers always on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesdays, hence the name Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. uh, Came on the show, talked about the toe, didn't go into huge detail considering all the. Backs the backlash he got with the whole COVID issue and his responses on the Pat McAfee show previously, uh, which was what I guess two weeks ago. Uh, but it's an issue with his pinky toe. He describes it as worse than turf toe. Uh, the what I got was a toe joint capular injury. Uh, when I looked it up and tried to find a doctor to at least give me a name of what is going on with his toe, because as you all know, or maybe don't know, Aaron Rodgers is very fuzzy when it comes to describing his injuries, uh, says it's very painful. Everything leans towards he's going to be getting injections for the pain. He's probably going to put some sort of plate uh, or some sort of support in his cleat for the toe. Uh, so that he's a little bit more mobile, but it's just a pain management thing, uh, similar to what is God only knows what's going on in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield with his labrum, but similar to that situation where you have a an injury that you're just going to have to try and manage and deal with through the season uh, because you need to be on the field for your team to be successful. And and Aaron Rodgers with this issue, with the fact that the offensive line is has taken another hit with who we just talked about, Elgin Jenkins, it's it's going to be a problem, and it's going to come back to haunt them at some point. Now, expect to not see him practice probably from now until through most of the rest of the season uh, because they don't want to chance anything happening in terms of a setback with that. Turf toe, if it's even comparable to what he has, uh, is a multiple-week injury, uh, and it's usually your big toe. Uh, and the joint, so anytime you're moving around in the pocket, uh, you're less stable when throwing the football. It's a problem, and I think it's going to be a problem for them against the Rams uh, because the Rams are due for a, a a game that they really bounce back from because they've had a few subpar weeks. So let's keep an eye on that game uh, being a really good game this week between the Rams and the Packers. Next on the list, Michael Carter Jr., the best draft pick that I've ever drafted in my fantasy draft. Pretty sure I got him in the 12th round, uh, and I've started him every single week this year. Uh, very good player for the for the New York Jets, considering their team hasn't put out very good players in a very long time. But uh, he has a mild ankle sprain. They're looking at two to four weeks. I've seen it closer to two weeks because of the word, I guess, mild. Now, I'm no doctor. Uh, but I've seen these type of descriptions in in football, in NFL football for as long as I can remember. The word mild means that it's probably easier to control the pain and the swelling. Uh, so he has a better chance of coming back sooner as long as he can make cuts as a running back that he can do, that he needs to do to play, I should say. So he's definitely going to miss at least two weeks. Now, that's going to be an issue. Uh, if anybody out there is trying to replace him on the team, Ty Johnson uh, the other running back on the New York Jets is going to also be there. 
uh, and he'll be getting most of the carries. And he has uh, skill and ability, so if you're ever able to pick him up off the waiver wire or, or just overall in free agency in your fantasy leagues, I would suggest that as an easy plug-and-play, uh, especially for the next two weeks. Uh, but it's a shame. Michael Carter Jr., uh, one of the one of the two heads of the UNC running backs that got drafted this year in the in the NFL draft, uh, him and Javante Williams, both having decent first seasons as rookies. So uh, it's not good to see. Never like to see injuries in the NFL, but it's part of the game. So hopefully, hopefully uh, due to my fantasy league, where in which case I've won three games in a row. So I'm really hoping he comes back soon to help with the five in a row. I'm hoping I get by the time he comes back. Next on the list, Kyler Murray. Uh, the ankle sprain was way worse than people were were basically reporting, and and they've basically on the on the lowdown. They've basically made him sit or wanted him to sit until the bye week. Uh, their bye week is this week, so they they're going to 100%. Obviously, he's not going to play, but they're targeting him to come back. In, in week 13 against the the Bears. So, uh he's he's he was out for at least 4 weeks. Uh the, the the ankle sprain must have been a high ankle sprain. Uh when I saw the report myself, it did not mention whether it was a low or high ankle sprain. Uh but for him to sit out 4 weeks, especially with his injury history uh, at least at the least going back to last year where he missed a large chunk of the season and they started to spiral out of control in terms of downward. Uh, especially in the standings, but it was basically just it was basically just a way for them to make sure that he's good to go. And they they've played very well, even under Colt McCoy being the quarterback that won two divisional games in the three games that he played in uh, for Kyler Murray. So with Kyler out four weeks, the the ankle sprain shouldn't be an issue, and they should be back to business uh, against the Bears in the following week. Next on the list, Quentin Nelson, the all-star guard for the Indianapolis Colts. He re-aggravated that right ankle, which put him on IR earlier in the season. Uh, They're calling him day-to-day. Now, anytime you have an offensive lineman that, let's be honest, has a lot of weight to him, uh, those ankles get a lot of weight on them, and it, it's easy to re-aggravate those injuries, which is why typically in the NFL you see offensive linemen that have issues uh, with their legs and or their their feet typically miss more weeks uh, just based on a longer rehab, based on more pressure being put on that, on that bo- part of the body. So they're calling him day-to-day. I saw multiple reports saying zero to three weeks. That's very, very questionable. Uh, in terms of, and that's also very vague. So we got to, you got to have to, you're going to have to take a look at what he looks like in practice. And honestly, they're probably not going to practice him. So this is basically for all the Colts fans out there, or even care about the Colts following, uh, or maybe they hate the Colts. You guys hate the Colts. I don't know, but uh, that's a big hit for for Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz to not have their all star guard out there. So just keep an eye on his practice. If he doesn't practice, they're probably going to purposely hold him out, make him a game time decision for the next three weeks. Is my best guess as to how they're going to handle it uh, from the Colts organization side of it. So uh, just keep an eye on it if you're interested. Next on the list, two New Orleans Saints running backs. 
I, I swear I might be I might be a little bit lost. I might not be typing the the correct letters into Google, uh, but I still do not know what's wrong with Alvin Kamara's knee. Uh, he's missed what two weeks now, and he's projected to probably miss a third. Him and Mark Ingram both questionable officially going into this week. Uh, they both play. The Saints play the Bills in the primetime game on Thanksgiving night. Uh, so if you guys are out there, I don't have much info on both of these injuries. There's not a lot out there, uh, especially that, I mean, I guess that I can find. If any of you guys have any articles on Alvin Kamara or Mark Ingram, uh, please shoot them to me via Twitter uh, at all in man cave pod or on my Facebook Cole hate C O L E H A Y D T D as in dog T as in Tom. But I haven't been able to find a lot on these players, especially with their knees. It, it, it seems like they're sprains. If I had to make an assumption, when you assume you make an, you know what out of you and me. So I'm not, I don't want to do that, but there's seriously something wrong with Kamara. Uh, and right now, they really need him considering Trevor Simeon is not getting it done, especially at the at the quarterback position. So uh, a name to keep out there and see if you can pick up if you have either of these running backs as a quick plug-and-play is Tony Jones, their third wide receiver. Sorry, their third running back, their third-string running back. He's done well in the past, very good with the limited carries that he gets. So I think that, uh, that he'll be able to get you at least solid points to – to replace the points you would get maybe from Mark Ingram straight up, uh, not from Alvin Kamara. He has a way higher ceiling, but I, th- I think that Tony Jones is a good pickup for anybody for anybody out there who has either of those Saints running backs in fantasy. Last on my list, A.J. Brown, uh, chest slash ribs injury. Seems like it's ribs. They thought it was broken ribs. X-rays were negative, so they're good there. He's got to go through a few tests still. So uh, it, he's listed as questionable. Uh, the Titans looked awful last week, and on offense, they haven't looked good all season. So it's it's continuously going to be a problem for Tennessee, and their defense is going to have to try and carry them, or Ryan Tannehill is going to have to not throw four interceptions in a single game. But uh, listen, A.J. Brown is one player that I would consider a difference maker on that offense, especially uh, with the subpar subparness. That's not even a word, but I'm going to create it on the podcast right now. The subparness of Julio Jones and the fact that he's literally injured every week, currently on IR with the hamstring. Uh, but if, if A.J. Brown's able to go, he is going to be the one person who can make that offense a lot more dynamic uh, and allow Ryan Tannehill to get these wins without playing at like a top 15 quarterback. He could be like only a top 20 quarterback or maybe even a bottom 10 quarterback and they can still pull out wins. Uh, so keep an eye on A.J. Brown. His tests should be done today. They do not play on Thanksgiving, uh, but there were multiple tests he was scheduled for today uh, after the x-ray. So uh, to keep an eye on that, based on how those tests go or basically how his his outlook is going to be for playing this Sunday. So just keep an eye on it. All right, guys, that is the end of the injury segment. We're going to hop right into the likes and dislikes for fantasy football. Uh I'm feeling like starting with the dislikes, so that's where we're going to start. The dislikes this week, Aaron Rodgers versus the L.A. Rams. Uh, Like I said, I think the toe's a bigger issue than he's putting out. Now, granted, the toe was an issue at halftime against the Vikings. He came out against a Vikings team who plays terrible in every second half all season on defense. 
uh, and they called a perf. Uh, they called a decent game on defense, the Vikings. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers came on the Pat McAfee show and admitted that he guessed on multiple plays uh, based on the the blitz scheme of the Vikings, and it worked out in the second half, which is where most of his stats came from. Uh, and the LA Rams are going to be a lot better on defense than a lot of teams that they've played so far this season. Jalen Ramsey's going to be draped all over Devontae Adams. They have multiple playmakers on that defense, not only in the secondary, but at the linebacker position and out on the defensive line with Aaron Donald. I think that there's not a chance in hell they're able to run the football as effective as they want. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have enough time to throw the ball deep down the field like he wants. So I don't expect much from Aaron Rodgers. He'll get you at least average points. Uh, he's not going to throw for under 100 yards and four picks like Tim Boyle of the Detroit Lions. However, I'm not expecting him to go off. I'm not expecting him to go off this week against the Rams. Next on the dislikes list, Jonathan Taylor at Tampa Bay. Uh, everybody out there is probably screaming at me through their headphones or however you're listening to this podcast. Uh, the best rusher in the league. Why am I putting him on my dislikes? Listen, the the Tampa Bay defensive line is no joke. Their linebackers are very good cover linebackers. They're going to have a problem. And, and the problem is going to be fixed by Carson Wentz throwing the ball to Michael Pittman Jr. a lot based on how bad the defensive backs are for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think Carson Wentz has got to throw the ball down the field or at least find a wide receiver or tight end and not find Jonathan Taylor as often as he would. Uh, so I'm not telling you to sit Jonathan Taylor. I'm just not expecting him to have a similar game as to what he did last week with five total touchdowns and over 200 yards of offense. Next on the list, TJ Hawkinson versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears are very good athletically at the linebacker position. They do have Eddie Jackson playing safety, which is probably where most of the covers are going to come from on the tight end. TJ Hawkinson has underperformed the last few weeks, and granted, it was probably because Tim Boyle is a terrible NFL quarterback. Also, Jared Goff has literally a lot less skills than people expected. So if you thought that Jared Goff was the reason the Rams were winning, you're wrong. It was Sean McVay the whole time. I know a lot of people like those comparisons, whether it's like the Brady Belichick comparison, like who's more responsible for the wins, who was impacting the game more. Uh, but clearly McVay was the reason they were good. Jared Goff is not a great NFL quarterback. He just isn't. He's not athletic enough. His arm's not strong enough. And TJ Hawkinson looks visibly frustrated at football games. He's a long-haired man from Iowa uh, who was very good in his first few seasons when he had Matt Stafford throwing to him, but he does not look too happy when Jared Goff is in there, and he is open on routes and not finding the football. Next on my dislikes, George Kittle versus the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, I, I hate betting against or I guess not betting against officially, but I hate naming players that are going to have bad games against the Vikings because typically it then backfires. Uh, but the Vikings are very good against tight ends, very good. Uh, and it seems like the way Kyle Shanahan wants to run offensive plays with George Kittle in the game, it seems like 60% of the snaps it's a run play anyway. So based on target share and based on the, the coverability, the coverability, I, once again, I'm creating new words that don't exist on this podcast. I absolutely love it. Let's try and get them into the source. I'm down. Um, sorry, not the source, in the dictionary. But uh, 
listen, I don't think George Kittle has a big game here. He had five targets last week for four catches, one of them being a touchdown and thirty, a little over 30 yards. I think he's going to be way more involved in the run game, which is what I'm more worried about uh, with the Vikings going to the 49ers in a primetime game on the East Coast at 425. But... I don't. I don't, like. I said. I don't think. I don't think. I don't expect much from George Kittle. Now Debo, on another hand, I don't think anybody in the league can cover Debo Samuel. So he's gonna have a good game. I think Ayuk might have a decent game as well. But I don't expect much from George Kittle. Next on the list, Russell Wilson versus the Washington football team. Uh, Russell Wilson looks awful right now, like absolutely awful. And as we've talked about multiple times in the last few podcasts, uh, the Seattle Seahawks look like a joke as a football team right now. Off the field stuff with DK Metcalf, on the field stuff with DK Metcalf. He's turning into a drama queen similar to what happened with Odell when he was on the Giants. It's it's bad. Tyler Lockett doesn't seem like he ever got that step back from when he was injured earlier in the season. Uh, they haven't been able to get any success on a regular basis out of the running backs, uh, and it's been a running back tandem. Alex Collins is doing the best he can, but his skill set isn't good enough to take over a football game. Uh, so I expect another subpar game from Russell Wilson. I don't expect it to be good. I think he maybe throws for one touchdown and probably throws a pick or two uh, because the Washington defense has been very good the last few weeks, and they haven't given up really anything down the field, which is what Russ wants to do. Next on the list, Kenyon Drake versus the Dallas Cowboys. I hate, I hate Las Vegas running backs. I had Josh Jacobs for multiple years in fantasy the past few years. He never showed up when I needed him. It's a little biased, but right now the Raiders are slumping hard. Now, I think they do have a bounce back this week, but I've seen the touches for Kenyon Drake go down week by week, and it seems like Josh Jacobs is getting all of the, well, I shouldn't say all, but most of the targets through the air as well. Kenyon Drake was always that split running back, even at the last two places he played where he was still able to get those two or three catches to help you in PPR leagues and fantasy. He's not even getting much of that anymore. Uh, the, the Raiders are trying to figure it out. Granted, we've talked about it already, but they've had to overcome a lot of things this season. I think this game they play well against the Cowboys, who are also slumping. So I think that game's a lot closer than expected. But I don't think the Raiders come out with a lot of offensive stats, especially to drive your fantasy team, which is why I'm not a fan of Kenyon Drake this week. Last on my list, Nelson Aguilar versus Tennessee. I've mentioned this multiple times, but guess what? I'm going to say it again. I don't like any of the Patriots wide receivers ever. It seems like Mac Jones throws two tight ends and running backs, and every ball that he throws down the field longer than 20 yards is intercepted. What is Nelson Aguilar good at? Going down the field and catching deep balls, which is what Mac Jones is not good at. Uh, and based on the way they play football games and win football games with defense and running the football, there is not a chance in hell I'm starting Nelson Aguilar this week against a Tennessee defense, to be honest, that's played very well the last few weeks. Even in the loss against the Texans, they only gave up 190 total yards. <coughs> Excuse me. Switching over to the likes. Number one on the likes list, Mark Andrews versus Cleveland. It seems like we haven't talked about Mark Andrews all year. Now, Lamar Jackson was injured last week, visibly noted. If you guys want to look up the video of him walking into the stadium last week, looked visibly ill, seemed like he was walking in with a limp, which could have been the because his stomach was on fire, uh, according to reports. 
Uh, but Mark Andrews is going to be able to find some some open looks, uh, especially against a Cleveland team that has relied on beating bad teams with defense. Well, Baltimore is not a bad team. Uh, and they're very explosive on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think they stand a chance stopping Mark Andrews. He never is that guy who has a lot of targets and a lot of yards. But he's that guy, I think, who's going to come out and get you two touchdown passes. And regardless of where they're from, that's six points in a PPR league, that's seven. Uh, so I love Mark Andrews this week in Cleveland. Next on my likes list, David Montgomery versus the Detroit Lions. Came back last week, activated off of the IR. I think that based on the fact that Allen Robinson is dinged up, probably doubtful to play in this football game. Darnell Mooney, uh, their second best wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, he's dinged up as well on the foot, so he's not going to be at 100% in terms of speed, which is what he is as a player and what he offers uh, to, to be a better than average against most football teams. Uh, but I think David Montgomery has a big week this week. I think this is a low-scoring game uh, with Justin Fields out, Andy Dalton not having his top target there, uh, but the fight of the Lions to try and win a football game. I think this is a, a very low-scoring game, similar to the Lions game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, in which they tied 16-16. to So I love the under in this game of 41.5 and under that. Uh, as well as, uh, well, up, I'll divulge the picks later, but the under for sure, which is not on my picks list. I love the under in this game, uh, but I think David Montgomery has a decent amount of rushes for a decent amount of yards and one touchdown, which will get it done in most fantasy leagues. Next on my list, Antonio Gibson versus the Seattle Seahawks. We just talked about it. The Seattle Seahawks are in shambles right now. Uh, the team seems like it's self-destructing under Pete Carroll. They can't get anything done. Antonio Gibson has some very good weeks, some very good quiet fantasy weeks this year. Uh, and Taylor Heineke, uh, very good quarterback to be a substitute. Seems like a mini Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they play on the same team, so it's a little odd uh, to watch it happen. Uh, but I don't think I don't think Taylor Heineke's ever going to be that quarterback to go out and throw the ball 45 times, and I think Antonio Gibson's going to get a lot, lot of touches this week whether it be checkdowns, whether it be rushes inside the 10, inside the 20. Uh, Washington is very good at getting into opponents' territory, uh, which is why Antonio Gibson has a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns. So I think this week's gonna that's going to happen again, uh, and it's going to continue, which is why I love him uh, this week. Next on the list, Darnell Mooney versus Detroit. I mentioned a little bit before. Uh, Darnell Mooney's foot, he returned to practice today, but it's a foot injury for a, for a speedster at wide receiver who basically needs to, to run the right route uh, to be good to go uh, and to be 100%. And I don't, I don't see that happening. He's available in a lot of fantasy football leagues based on, the, based on what I've seen via percentages online uh, and on some of the blogs and some of the fantasy football things that I follow on Instagram. But it, it's, it, it doesn't look good for, for Mooney this week. He did look good last week before the injury. Had a lot of deep passes caught, and he had a decent connection with uh, with Andy Dalton. But the red rifle, I don't think, is going to be able to find a lot. I think the Lions show up this week because literally they have nothing else to fight for but at least one W, uh, which is why I think the fight will continue until they absolutely run out of gas. So not a huge fan of Darnell Mooney versus Detroit on Thanksgiving. Next on the list, Jerry Judy versus the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers defense is horrible, especially in the back end. They can make it happen with Joey Bosa up front. 
Uh, they can make it happen with a lot of their younger linebackers getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, but Jerry Judy has not had a breakout game in a few games, uh, and I think he's due for one, uh, especially with how many injuries they have in in LA uh, for the Chargers in that secondary. I, I don't I don't think there's a chance in hell. Asante Samuel Jr., one of their best secondary players, is questionable this week. He got a concussion his second of the year. Uh, which I probably should have put him in the injury segment, but we'll talk about him now. Uh, he's made a lot of good plays. He, he looks just like his dad. He's a good route jumper. He's decent in zone coverage. He's decent man-to-man in terms of passes defensed. So it, he looks good, but there's not. I don't think there's a very good chance he plays coming off his second concussion of the year, the last one being not too long ago in week eight, in which case he missed week nine to come back week 10. Uh, and then get another concussion week 11. So it, it's a lot to come back from. And even if he's in there, I think he's going to be doubting himself a little bit. And I think there's going to be a lot of available passes for Teddy Bridgewater down the field against the Chargers. Next on my list, Joe Burrow versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. We watched Justin Herbert completely exploit that defense. I think the Bengals are set up similar uh, based on the recent weeks that the Steelers are set up with. Uh, they have a quarterback, whether he be young or old, uh, that has struggled to find statistics in fantasy this year, uh, but has a running back that's solid uh, on both sides, whether it be Joe Burrow's running back, Joe Mixon, or Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback, Najee Harris. Uh, so I think both of these teams, and based on the way the, the Bengals ran the ball last week, I think they're going to run it a lot again. Uh, but I think just, or I think Joe Burrow is going to do enough in fantasy to turn some heads. I don't see a lot of yards, but I see a lot of touchdowns. And I think this game is going to be a lot higher scoring than people thought, uh, especially based on the way the, the Pittsburgh Steelers game went last week in terms of giving up 41 to the Chargers. Last on my likes list, Elijah Moore uh, versus Houston. Uh, Elijah Moore, great player. Uh, Mike White and Joe Flacco both on the COVID list right now. Uh, and uh, their vaccination status is not known, so no idea whether they're going to be able to play or not. Not that it matters, considering NFL Network has come out and said that Zach Wilson will be starting this week. Zach Wilson likes Elijah Moore. Uh, they're buddies. So I think that Elijah Moore's breakout game last week with Joe Flacco is going to turn some heads, and he's going to get a lot more targets from Zach Wilson. Based on that target share, I like him this week uh, against a Houston Texans team where their defense showed up for one week. So let's not overreact too much to that, and it's Ryan Tannehill versus Zach Wilson. So for all we know, uh, Zach Wilson could throw five picks, but he could throw two touchdown passes to Elijah Moore. So I'll take that any day of the week. All right, guys, that is the fantasy likes and dislikes segment. We have one more segment left, the new segment called In or Out. I have six NFC teams and seven AFC teams um, to go through. I will tell you guys the three teams I like in the wild card. Uh, all of these teams currently are not in first place, so take that into consideration. I'll go through and mention the ones that have, a, have an ability to win the division still. But uh, six in the NFC, seven in the AFC, which three I like out of the lists of both, and then which seed I think they're going to get, either it be five, six, or seven. So let's start in the AFC. So the, the teams we have are the Chargers, Raiders, Bills, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, and Browns. In or out, I am completely out on the Browns. I, I'm, I'm 
not a fan of Baker playing hurt. I don't think that defense can carry them through the rest of the season. And I think that Nick Chubb at some point is going to be less productive than than he's been. Uh, and I think Baker's going to inadvertently drag the, that team down with his attitude. Uh, multiple things in the media, uh, talking crap on the fans that were booing him at the stadium. Uh, it's it's a lot of stuff you don't want to deal with, and it's a lot of bad it's a lot of bad stuff going on for your football team. And it seems like they play players that are hurt, and and I don't understand why or why it's allowed. It just seems like oh, this player for the Browns has a has a knee sprain, but he's 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 playing this week. He'll fight through it. Sometimes you got to take the time and rehab, uh, and that's why I don't believe in the Browns. I don't I don't see him in the wild card. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna tank the rest of the season. Next on the outs for the AFC, I am completely out on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, their defense has been one of the reasons why I think that they can compete in football games. They got absolutely torched by a Chargers team that had been struggling the, fa- the past few weeks. They're dinged up on defense to the point where uh, if they, they can't afford any more injuries or their defense becomes mediocre at best, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm out. The other one is Ben Roethlisberger. I just don't trust him. He had a good second half last week against the Chargers, got them back in that football game. Uh, but Najee Harris is completely overworked. Ben can't throw the ball down the field, and you need those things to be successful in the AFC this season. Next team in the AFC, I am out on the Bengals. I think their defense has been completely inflated uh, at from the beginning of the season. It seems like they're giving up a lot more points. They did play well against a struggling Raiders team, uh, but they gave up a lot of points to the Jets, and they gave up a lot of points before that as well in the recent weeks of the season. They're coming back a little bit to earth, I guess you could say, uh, and I don't like them in the wild card race. I think there's other teams that have a better chance to compete based on their play and based on their roster uh, and the injury status as well. Jamar Chase has not had a big impact game in a few games. It seems like their wide receiver core is being carried by Joe Mixon right now, and I don't think Joe Mixon has the ability to get them to the playoffs on his own. Last team on the on the AFC list that I am out on, I am out on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, too much going on to that football team. They lost a big piece in Henry Ruggs, which was their downfield threat. They traded Nelson Aguilar last season uh, to the New England Patriots. I don't think their wide receiver core has enough playmakers. I don't think that Derek Carr has enough skills to carry that football team on his own, and they haven't run the ball very effective. Their defense was good at the beginning of the season. The last few weeks, it has been subpar. They have given up a lot of points to a lot of subpar teams uh one being the one major one being the new york giants who got completely embarrassed on monday night football but uh i'm out on them i I don't think they're able to get through it and i think there's going to be a shake up there as well with with mike mayock possibly getting fired uh but and as well as their interim head coach right now that that replaced john gruden Uh, i don't think he stays either and Derek carr might end up leaving as well so there there's going to be a huge shake up in las vegas uh, but I don't I give them kudos for trying, especially trying mentally through everything that's happened to them in the past month, month and a half. All right, let's get to the teams I'm in uh, for the AFC. In the seventh seed, I've got the Los Angeles Chargers completely in on the Chargers. I like uh, Justin Herbert. 
he looks great this season, even in the bad games. Uh, it seems like he learns things, uh, was on, or learns things quickly, I guess you should say. He was on the Pat McAfee show right after Aaron Rodgers on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Uh, got to hear him talk for a little bit. Uh, he's gone through a lot of changes with his footworks, learning a lot of stuff from Chase Daniel, a veteran quarterback on that team, in terms of watching tape. Uh, and doing all the right things that he needs to do to develop. I believe in them. I think that they're a very consistent offense that can get very hot very quick, uh, which is why I have them sitting in the seventh seed for the AFC playoffs. Another team I'm completely in on in the 66th seed is the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz last season, a lot of people overreacted to his play. Was not a fan of a lot of people saying he was done. Once I heard he was going with back with Frank Reich, I thought that that was the perfect spot for him. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor has been amazing this season. They have dealt with decent amount of injuries on the offensive and the defensive side of the football uh, with their playmakers at wide receiver as well as their defensive play uh, playmakers and on the offensive line. So they've dealt with a lot of core groups of players that have been in, injured and injured for a decent amount of time. Uh, so I like the way they look now. They're going to get healthier and get better. Uh, and I think that they're definitely definitely going to snag a spot in the AFC playoffs in that wild card race. Last team I'm definitely in on in the fifth seed is going to be the Buffalo Bills. People are going to say, well, the Buffalo Bills might win the division. The way the New England Patriots are playing right now, I don't think that there's a chance in hell. They've been inconsistent on offense, uh, and they've had stinkers on defense, and they seem to happen at the same time. Uh, so if they don't happen at the same time, they, their games are going to be a lot closer. But they were favored by eight. Uh, sorry, they were favored by seven and a half against the Colts last week and lost by 26. Uh, do the math, that's 33 and a half points they failed to cover by. Uh, not good. Uh, not good. Lost to the Jets. Uh, sorry, not lost to the Jets, lost to the Jaguars straight up 9-6. to six. Uh, So there's a few games where their defense has tried to keep them in games, uh, but they're too inconsistent. I think Josh Allen has regressed, uh, and they cannot run the football. It's impossible. They have two running backs that are not terrible in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, and they cannot consistently run the football or do anything that's res that any other team would respect. Uh, so they just expect pass. There's a lot of teams playing cover two against Josh Allen. It's successful, similar to the way they were doing it with Patrick Mahomes earlier in the season. Uh, so I, I love the Bills getting a wild card spot, but I don't love them winning the division. All right, that is the AFC for the in and out. Er, sorry, in or out. Uh, we're going to flip over to the NFC. Uh, the teams that I am out on, uh, the list is the Rams, Saints, Eagles, Panthers, Vikings, 49ers as a total list. Uh, I am in, obviously, on three of these, being the 5, 6, and 7 seed, and out on three. Uh, first team that I am out on is the New Orleans Saints. Way too many injuries. The defense gave up 40 to the Eagles. Uh, they were one of the top rushing defenses in the league until that game. Uh, knocked them down, I think, seven or eight spots in terms of against the run. Uh, defensive statistics, but uh, they're a mess at running back. They're hurt. Uh, they're dinged up. Uh, they're still hurt in the back end of that defense, uh, as well as they don't. I have no idea what they're doing at the quarterback position. Taysom Hill, you gave him this this weird contract, four year, hundred sixty million dollar contract that is all voidable, and he's not even getting snaps at quarterback, and he's not even getting snaps in his gadget plays as often either. Uh, but Trevor Simeon's not getting it done, and if they if Sean Payton intends on leaving Simeon in there for the rest of the season, I don't think there's a chance in hell they make the playoffs.
Next team I'm out on in the NFC wildcard race is the Carolina Panthers. So many, so many Cam Newton supporters out there. He came out and said he's giving away free tickets so they can win back their own stadium. Uh, Cam Newton still doesn't have a skill set to be a starting quarterback in this league. I'm sorry, I don't see it. It, it, His throwing motion looks awkward. He cannot throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field. And he's taking rushes away from Christian McCaffrey, which is one of the things they need to do to be successful. Now, if Cam Newton didn't run as often, and let's be honest, all of Cam Newton's runs are not successful. They are in the red zone, but not in the middle of the field. They're not as successful. Now, he did have a longer run for a touchdown against the Washington football team. I'll give him that one. But Cam Newton inside his own 30 running the football is not as successful as people are making it out to be which is where it would benefit them to go Christian McCaffrey play action and hit him on a pass or go farther down the field if Cam could throw it that far. I don't think he can. I don't think he carries them. Uh, and I think their defense isn't uh, just isn't enough for them to miss the playoffs. They'll probably end up in the eight or ninth seed. Only the top seven get in, which is why I'm out on the Panthers in the NFC wildcard race. Last team that I am out on is the San Francisco 49ers. They're way too inconsistent on both sides of the football. Their their secondary is very bad. Uh, If your best corner is Josh Norman, who literally has more penalty yards than anyone anyone on any team in this entire season this year, uh, so many DPIs, defensive pass interferences, so many. He gave up, I think, two 40-yarders in the game they played against the Colts in that tsunami game, basically allowing the Colts to win that football game. But I I like Jimmy Garoppolo, don't get me wrong, and I like their rushing attack. But at some point, your quarterback is going to have to throw the football, and when he does, he needs to be pretty decent at doing so. I do not believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. We haven't seen Trey Lance even on the field in the past few weeks after his knee sprain. Well, It was almost a month ago that he got this knee sprain, and he hasn't even been on the field since. Kyle Shanahan, great play caller. I respect the man a lot, and he's doing a lot with a lot of injuries in back-to-back years. Uh, but I don't think it's enough to get them to through to the playoffs. They're going to struggle in games within the division. I just don't see it happening for them. I, I think they're on the cusp, of, similar to the to the Panthers, of just not getting that last win to get them in that seventh spot. So uh, I think the 49ers are missing the playoffs, and I'm out on them. All right, starting with the seventh seed, my Minnesota Vikings. The, the schedule for the Vikings gets a lot easier. They play in San Francisco this week, assuming that they can squeak out a victory, which every victory is a squeak out at this point for this entire season. But the schedule gets easier. We've got the Bears twice. We've got the Lions and Pittsburgh at home. A lot of winnable football games. We've got Green Bay and Lambeau week 17, assuming they're somewhat close to winning the division or already clinched by then. They're probably going to be sitting players, and even if it's in Lambeau, we have a good opportunity to win that game as well. So uh, the the Vikings schedule sets up well for them. I like it. Uh, hardest game on the schedule right now is the Rams. Uh, so I'm not too concerned with wins in the last two weeks against the Chargers and the Packers. So I like the Vikings sneaking into a seven seed. There's going to be games they're expected to win that they lose. It happens every season. Uh, but I think they're a little bit better than the three teams I'm out on in the Saints, the Panthers, and the 49ers. So uh, 
I, I just I just like them squeaking in. Now, if they squeak in and the and the Packers win the division, they'll probably end up playing the Packers in Lambeau in back to back weeks, which is going to be awful. Um, and it's happened multiple times in my lifetime, and it's not fun to watch because we always get spanked. But I think the Vikings get the seventh seed here. I'm in on them making the playoffs. In the sixth seed, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles look good right now. We've talked about their schedule uh, moving forward with two t- two games against the Washington football team, two games against the Giants, a game against the Jets, and then the Cowboys week 17. Uh, assuming everything stays the way it is now, the Cowboys have probably already clinched the division by week 17. So, uh, sorry, game 17. I guess it's week 18 now, but... Um, I like the way the Eagles have looked. They're able to run the football on any defense. Doesn't matter what caliber they are. It's something I like watching. And for all the Jalen Hurts haters out there, he's doing enough to win football games. Uh, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't go out and try and replace Jalen Hurts. I think you build around Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of players that they acquired in that Super Bowl team uh, that they acquired to fit that scheme uh, for them to make a run. I think it's very easy in the next one to two years in the draft with all of the picks that they've acquired to surround Jalen Hurts with exact with exactly what he needs uh, to get victories uh, and to get a lot of them to be very successful. His, he's very dangerous, dangerous with his legs. He's decent to average. Uh, through the air, and he picks his targets, and he's been throwing the ball better the last few weeks, uh, which is why I think they go on a deep run and snag the sixth seed in the NFC. Uh, in the fifth seed, uh, the first wild card spot is the Rams. The Arizona Cardinals are too strong, n- not to mention offensively and defensively. The Rams have shown that they are vulnerable, yet I think that they get in the wild card with one of the best records ever for a wild card team. Uh, they're currently. I think seven and three or seven and four. Uh, they could go on a run easily, but with the the Cardinals at at nine and two, Kyler on his way back. I don't think they have enough firepower to make up those games. So I got to put him in the wild card as of right now. Now they do have a have an ability to win that division, depending on what Kyler looks like when he comes back and how they do uh, in the the last what six seven games of the season. But I think the Rams are a lock to make the playoffs. Better yet, even for me, a lock to get the fifth seed. Uh, so those are the wild card teams in order. We're going to go over them real quick. So in the NFC, in the fifth seed, we got the Rams, the sixth seed, the Eagles, the seventh seed, the Vikings. In the AFC, we've got the fifth seed, the Bills, the sixth seed, the Colts, and the seventh seed, the Chargers. I am out in the NFC on any playoff hopes for the Saints, Panthers, and 49ers. And I am completely out in the AFC on any playoff hopes for the Raiders, Browns, Bengals, and Steelers. So that is the segment in or out. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Before we go uh, and get to an awesome Thanksgiving, I'm going to give you the th- uh, just a little three-legger, little three-leg parlay for the Thanksgiving Day games. You're going to get probably decent rewards depending on what you put down. Uh, but I like all of the underdogs to cover in all of these games. And I'll give you a little bit as to why. So I like the Raiders plus seven and a half here. Uh, listen, I, I don't like the over-unders completely. I already went over that I would go in the under in the Lions-Bears game. Uh, but the Dallas Cowboys right now are reeling with C.D. Lamb, with Zeke being a little bit dinged up. Amari Cooper, don't know if he's going to come back off the COVID list, even though he's asymptomatic via Jerry Jones. That does not matter. Uh, he needs two negative tests to come back 
If he's not vaccinated, he needs to sit out 10 days. And then he has to make sure he has two negative tests to come back. So it doesn't matter, Jerry, if he's asymptomatic. It doesn't matter if he's symptomatic, asymptomatic, or any other weird doctor reason for you to... That's the rules. So he for him to come back, and if they're missing C.D. Lamb, and they're missing Amari Cooper, and Zeke's dinged up a little with, with Dak struggling via the last three weeks, it's going to be hard. Uh, and I think the Cowboys do get a victory. Their defense has been playing very well, and the Raiders are in, are slumping. Uh, but I think the Raiders cover here of seven and a half, and I love taking them at plus seven and a half. Next, the Lions plus three. I've been telling everybody at work. So anybody who is, works at my current job that listens to the podcast, I love the Lions money line this week. I think they get their first victory against the Bears. The Bears defense hasn't been very good the last few weeks. Andy Dalton's missing Allen Robinson, dinged up Darnell Mooney, uh, and the Lions fight in every single football game. Jared Goff should come back. Uh, if Tim Boyle starts this game, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, Jared Goff should be back this week with his oblique issue, uh, so he should play. Uh, so I love the Lions covering at, at plus three. I love them straight up money line. If it's better odds, which it definitely will be, uh, I love the Lions money line on Thanksgiving. I love it. Plus, Matt Nagy is probably going to get fired. The Chicago head coach will probably be fired after this football game, regardless of if they win and lose. And think about that. You probably will end up winning a football game via the via Vegas. You're, you're projected to win a football game, and you're going to get fired on Thanksgiving after winning a football game. I would feel so bad for him and his family if that happened. Last in the primetime game, I love the Saints plus six. Uh, the Bills have been reeling. And and I don't know what it is, whether it be a disconnect between Josh Allen and the and the the wide receivers, uh, whether it be offensive play calling, uh, or Josh Allen just regressing. But their offense does not look good. They look good against the Jets. Uh, anybody can look good against the Jets. Uh, I'm not trying to talk shit on Jets fans. I apologize, but like your defense is hurt, and there's not that many playmakers on it. So what else am I supposed to say? So I love the Saints to cover at six. Six is a lot, uh, and the Saints play a lot of close games. Uh, even getting blown out by the Eagles, they only lost by 11. So I, I feel the back door. I think it's going to happen. So parlay those three. Let me pull out my phone quick to see what kind of odds we're getting here. But I'm going to plug in the Lions plus three and not the Lions money line because I'm more confident taking the points than I am the money line. But you are guys are more than welcome to do so. So let's pull up on DraftKings. So if we take the, oh, interesting. The Bears game just got moved. So now the Lions are plus two and a half. So now it's plus two and a half. So so plus two and a half, plus seven and a half for the Raiders and plus six for the Saints. You're at a little less than six to one odds. If you take the Lions money line, you're at a little less than seven to one odds. So obviously take the plus two and a half if they're going to give it to you. Uh, But not, not too bad. Uh, Plus 569, which is a little less than six to one odds. Uh, throw 10 bucks on it. You win a little less than 70. So, not too bad for a Thanksgiving Day little mini parlay. So, I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, like I always say, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers. Let somebody know about the All in Man Cave podcast. Find me on Twitter at All in Man Cave Pod. Uh, you can also search my name on Twitter. I'll probably pop up as well. Uh, shoot me a direct message on Twitter. Shoot me anything on my uh, tweet at me, anything you want to do or want answered for the podcast or just general feedback. I would appreciate that as well. 
Uh, thank you for wherever you're listening, whether it be iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, even Alexa, if you're trying to make dinner, uh, making your, your Thanksgiving Thanksgiving meal, and you want to listen to the All In Man Cave podcast while doing so, available on Alexa as well. Uh, but the last thing is I want to thank, again, everyone, uh, and also wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy your time. Drink a beer. Eat some good food. Watch some football. Uh, whatever you guys do to relax. Hope everyone has a very good turkey day. Uh, I will be watching football a decent amount of the day, including but not limited to my high school team that's been playing for more than 100 years on Thanksgiving Day against our rival. Um, uh, it's awesome to watch. Great thing to be a part of. My I went to that high school. It's a great thing to be a part of, and I love watching it. So um, it's going to be one of the main things I do on Thanksgiving. So once again, everybody, have a happy and a safe Thanksgiving. I will be back on Friday for the typical uh, week 12 preview episode for all games against the spread and over or unders. Uh, so I will see you guys on Friday after Thanksgiving on Black Friday. So anybody going shopping out there, be careful. Be careful. Uh, so until Friday, thank you so much again, everybody. Uh, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Later. Later.